When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola. Bonjour. Ho, ho, ho. Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Welcome to this week's Normal Not Normal podcast with myself, James Phelps. And me, Oliver Phelps. Guys, we thought we'd bring the festivities of the holidays to this episode. Very much so whether you're celebrating Christmas or Kwanzaa or you've just celebrated Hanukkah or Diwali or any other holidays, welcome. We hope you have a great time with us. Now, we thought as it's Christmas, we'll have a listener participation week again to celebrate the holiday season. So we've been inundated. So thank you so much with your messages, your stories, your questions, your did you knows. We've had a great time just picking some of them out for us to play this week. So our first story time is all about Hungarian holiday traditions. Take it away. Hello, James. Hello, Oliver. And hello, everyone. I'm Fanny and I'm from Hungary. And I would like to tell you a Hungarian tradition from the old times when people believed in witches. On the 13th of December, the masters started to make a chair. And um, this chair is called um, Lutza Seke in Hungarian, which can be translated as uh, Lutza's chair. And Lutza is a girl name here. So they had been doing it for 13 days and at uh, night on the 25th of December on the midnight mass you have to stand up to the chair and you could spot the witches because they wore horns and when you spot a witch you have to escape because the witches can attack you you have to throw away uh, poppy seeds because when the witches are busy picking them up, you can easily escape. And after that, you have to burn the chair. And then the country and there and your town is safe from witches. Yeah, it's a bit confusing and it's a bit weird, but it's still interesting, I think. Yes, I hope you enjoyed it and... I hope you will have a very Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs> Fanny, thank you so much for that one. That was very interesting learning about the Hungarian holiday traditions. I have so many questions. How did they know that the poppy seeds were what kept the witches away? I mean, it sounded to me like the tradition was kind of made up as they went along. Do you think the local carpenter made that up? Yeah. Can you, can you, can you see the witch? No. You know, the one with the horns. Oh, that's the witch over there. Okay. Yeah. And now, now we've got to burn all the chairs and scatter the poppy seeds um, and, and run away because it will kill the witch. And then, yeah, Merry Christmas. 
It's funny, isn't it? It's good, though. I mean, it's elaborate. I suppose it's kind of like our bonfire night in regards to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, health and safety would have a field day these days, wouldn't they? I'll tell you what, I would watch that. There must be some good videos of people trying that one. Fanny, thank you so much for sending that in from Hungary. Oliver, do you want to take it away with the next one? Hang on. Thank you, Fanny. So the next one is from Kira. And Kira says, Every Boxing Day... My family and I all get together, we're all massive Harry Potter fans by the way, and wear our Hogwarts house colours. And we spend the day having a Harry Potter trivia day and watching the movies. It's nothing extremely exciting, but to me it means a lot because I love watching my uncles argue over which Weasley family member is the best. In my opinion, it's Fred and George. P.S. I just got a new little kidden named George because he's missing part of his ear. I hope you guys have an amazing Christmas. That's really good that. I love that. I love it when people name pets after something what reminds them of somebody the next one is from lena and this shows a bit of a different side to christmas and lena says hi guys in recent years i've mostly been working at christmas and people often tell me that this isn't normal well unfortunately not everyone can afford a day off i live far away from my family and i will not be able to be with them on this day anyway so i often take shifts from other people whose family are closer so they get to have a day off but i always find a few hours for a cozy time for myself on this day usually it's a movie and a glass of wine what a very selfless christmas tradition but what is the film is it a christmas film see to me my my tradition on christmas eve or the run up to christmas maybe the 23rd is rocky four it's a Christmas film, don't tell me it's not. It's like Die Hard, isn't it? But Lena, I'm sure that all of your work colleagues are very, very grateful for your selfless act there. And I really do hope that when you are able to get back with your family, you can have a second Christmas too. Because it sounds like you definitely do deserve it as this hasn't been a one-off. So for you and everybody that worked over Christmas Day, thank you very much for being very selfless in what you do so potentially other people can have a Christmas of their own. Yes, yes, I need to echo those words as well. So while we're moving on, I'm just going to change outfits, if that's okay, because as I said, I found quite a few different sweaters. So I'm going to try from this one. There we go. Let's go for this one. So this one's a little bit older, but nevertheless... Still festive. How's that look? Great. So it's got it's got like a knitted belt and everything, a little candy cane in the corner. Right, anyway, so moving on. So our next one is a audio clip and it comes from Vicky who's telling us all about the Polish holiday tradition. And I think James James hasn't uh, heard this yet, but I think it is absolutely brilliant. Take it away. Hello, so my Christmas tradition is completely different to see a British Christmas tradition. So I'm from Poland and we celebrate Christmas on the Christmas Eve. So we sit down and have dinner, depending on how traditional you are. Um, it's more than likely going to be a meat-free dinner, so like fish and other things. Now, something that my pals find absolutely bizarre is the fact that when I go back to Poland, something that I enjoyed a lot during like my younger years was when you'd go to the shop and you'd buy a fish. Now that's usually like a carp, which is like the Christmas traditional fish. And it's like still alive and you take it home and you put it in the bath and then it literally just swims about the bath for a couple of days and then I guess you can imagine what happens after. But yeah, <laughs> so that's a bit odd but I do love that tradition. It's definitely like up there with one of the most exciting things about going back to Poland. Merry Christmas. Vicky, that is amazing. 
That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine going around someone's house on Christmas Eve and just saying, oh, can I just nip to the loo before I go? Well, there's Vicky's fish. You, <laughs> you just got a calf in the bath next to you. Good tradition. And I completely, I, I can kind of relate to the Christmas Eve thing because my wife's family are from Finland. And so Christmas Eve is a big thing. That's pretty much Christmas Day there. So you can open one present. That's how we bring it into our tradition. So Christmas Eve is a one present evening. Anyway, great fact that it's not just the same day around the world, isn't it? I always remember my nan telling me when she was a little girl, her dad brought a turkey and they, they fed it every day to fatten it up. And when Christmas Day came around... Only only my great-granddad was the one eating it. But I wonder if people have that with the Christmas card. Depends if you need a bath or not. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I wonder that. Answers on the postcard to normalnotnormalpodcast at gmail.com. After the Christmas carp has been in the bath, do you smell like a fish? So the next message is from Karina in Mexico, and it's a really cool one. So she says... Hi, James and Oliver. My name's Karina and I'm from Mexico City. Before I tell you my story, you should know that in Mexico, Dia de la Reyes is celebrated on January the 6th. This represents the day the three wise men gave the gifts to Jesus Christ. It's also the day the people of Mexico exchange gifts. My story happened on the morning of January 6th, 2009 at approximately 6.30am. There were already some rays of dawn. I was five or six years old and my mum and I were sleeping when suddenly there was a lot of noise downstairs and you could hear the Christmas tree being moved. Uh, It should be noted that my mother and I lived alone. There was no way someone would get into the house so we woke up very, very scared by the noises that we were listening to and the movement of the Christmas tree. Then my mum got out of bed and I got up behind her because I was so scared. When we reached the middle of the stairs everything fell silent. Suddenly we heard someone running away and we just managed to see a foot that ran out the door. The door was never opened. When we turned on the light, there were gifts under the tree. We were quite surprised and a little scared because there was no way for someone to enter the house. Most of all, there was no way for someone to put their foot through the door. It was impossible. We told our family, but no one believed us. They thought it was a lie or we were too sleepy to tell the difference between a dream and reality. My mum and I spent a lot of time thinking, but we came to the same conclusion that the gift giver was none other than one of the wise men because he left us gifts. So that was the most magical and least normal Christmas of our entire lives. I have to say, I completely agree with you. That must have been the most bizarre Christmas of your entire lives. Amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah, I I thoroughly agree. And it definitely sounds like you had um, definitely one of the wise men dropping a gift off. But it'd be quite nervy. I mean, if you think about the concept of it, someone's coming into your house at night, but they're going to leave stuff there. That's why when I was a kid, I always wanted any gifts that I always wanted them left outside my door because I didn't want anyone coming into my room. There we go. There we go. But anyway, so moving on from that very good one now. Actually, I'll tell you what, this is the final one. So I've got one more one more costume change. Hang on. This makes great audio. Right, so this one was purchased from last year. And it's one of my favourite sweaters, actually. It's a Christmas sloth. Very nice. So finally, we have Kelly telling us about her Chinese New Year tradition. Hey, Oliver and James, how are you doing? I come from China and Christmas is not a New Year holiday for me, but I also enjoy this beautiful day. In China, we usually celebrate the Spring Festival. The elders need to give their children the kind of thing called lucky money. And do you know the story behind the lucky money? 
the English meaning of lucky money is the money that could suppress the monster which called Sui. Sui is a monster with a black body and white hands that would come out to harm people on New Year's Eve. Every time it touches the heads of children, the children will become stupid after having a fever. But these monsters are afraid of copper coins, so parents will give their children lucky money to protect them during the spring festivals. Now the lucky money become a kind of customs of Chinese New Year, and the elders use the lucky money to bless the children to be safe throughout the year. How exciting, Kelly! Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now it reminded me. Uh, Kelly's story there. It reminded me of when you and I, James, were over in Iceland uh, when we were filming an episode of our、uh, travel show with Bonnie Wright. One of the guides out there was telling us a Christmas edition of the Christmas Cat. So it basically goes along the same notion. It's basically families in Iceland would work together to ensure that no one would end up being dragged off by the Christmas Cat. And it actually comes back from an old poem in Iceland by Johannes Kotlum. Which describes a huge cat with sharp teeth, glaring yellow eyes, with the belief that everybody must work especially hard in the build-up to Christmas to avoid being punished by the Yule cat. Now it says, "You all know the Yule cat, and the cat was huge indeed. People didn't know where it came from or where he went. He opened his glaring eyes wide, the two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them." His whiskers as sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave to his strong tail. He jumped and clawed and he hissed. Sometimes up in the valley, sometimes down by the shore, he roamed at large, hungry and evil. In every home, people shuddered his name. If one heard a pitiful meow. Something evil would happen soon. <laughs> Basically, there's a cat which will eat naughty children. That's the story, right? Yes, he will. But、oh、God, that was that was like the never-ending story. That one. Oh, don't worry, it keeps going. But that basically, basically, in a, nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, they give away a sock. A nutshell? How big was the nut? <laughs> Trust me, you you want to see how long the rest of the poem was. Thank you very much for that one, Oliver. I think that the the monster in Kelly's Chinese tale. I think I I must have been tapped on the head by that monster because. Because they make you go a bit silly and a bit、um, thick. I was never the most academic, so now I can relate it to not having a copper coin in my pocket. There we go, learn something new every day. Anyway, now we've gone on from hearing about the traditions to hearing the questions, and our first question is from our friend Milen in Brazil, and she says, "Merry Christmas, guys! I have a question for you. Do you have any memories of Santa Claus? I always try my best to create magical memories for my five-year-old son, Carlos." Hello, Carlos. But do you have any advice? Just remember that here in Brazil, it's summertime and we don't have snow. I'm trying to think of any memories of Father Christmas.、Uh, well, we call him Father Christmas over here. Although Santa Claus seems to be sleeping more into the common vocabulary. There's a couple. I always remember desperately wishing myself to go to sleep quicker and quicker, and then you wake up especially early because there may be presents there and stuff like that. But in my family, the older we got, we don't really open presents now until. The evening time, do we, James? No, which is a big annoyance for my wife. Yeah, mine too. She absolutely hates it. But I said, trust me, it all made sense.、Um, but yeah, so we kind of open like a couple of presents at home, and then when we see the rest of my family, it's always in the evening after food, which is nice. It kind of like prolongs the day. I, I would say that I obviously my memory of seeing Father Christmas on his way to the pub on Christmas、yeah. Eve that's always、yeah. stayed with me.、Uh, I think that I think that in terms of like in Brazil. And being summertime, 
and stuff like that. I don't know. I suppose it would be the same type of thing that Father Christmas... Do you think he's got to change his sledge for hot climates? I think so. It's probably got air conditioning, isn't it? It's quite a magical thing. True. But then, do, uh, but we're also asked, did we have any stockings? And we had more pillowcases than stockings. Although now I do have a stocking. Yeah, I've got a stocking now, yeah. But I, I would say um, I would say that I just hope that Carlos has a fantastic Christmas, uh, enjoying the Brazilian summer festivities. Maybe even try a Christmas Eve carp, integrate a bit of Polish tradition into it as well. That could work, that could work. <laughs> Are you going to do that, James? What, a Christmas carp? No, I'm not. Yeah, should we do that? You can, I'll watch, but... <sighs> No, I, I will not be participating in the Christmas carp tradition. I wonder what my wife would do if I, if I did it without telling her. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the, this week's Did You Knows. And obviously, because it's a holiday season, we've got holiday-themed Did You Knows. And the first one is from Floney, and this is one of my well-liked Did You Knows. So, Did You Know? Back in uh, 96 to 5, specifically the 16th of December, nine days before Christmas, there was a mission to space on the Gemini program. Gemini program, for those who didn't know, was like the lead up to going to the moon. Anyway, two astronauts, Wally Shearer and Thomas P. Stafford, were on Gemini 6. Gemini 6A, if we're being completely ready. And so anyway, they told Mission Control that they'd witnessed an unidentified flying object that was about to enter the Earth's atmosphere, travelling in the polar opposite from north to south, just as things got tense. Because actually on this mission, they were going to be meeting up with Gemini 7, which had Frank Borum and Jim Lovell in. First time people would have rendezvoused in space. Anyway, things were getting a bit tense because they said that they'd seen something flying from north to south in the atmosphere. They interrupted the broadcast with jingle bells played on a small harmonica. So technically, that was the first ever song played in space. Did they ever find out what it was? It was Santa Claus. Of course. You said it was like 16 days before Christmas. Nine days before Christmas. Oh, so it's Father Christmas just on like a test run? Doing his dummy run. Well, I guess you've got to test things, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to check in, yeah. Good idea. Another did you know fact. In 1955, Sears, which is an American department store, tried to put Santa's phone number on one of their ads in a newspaper so children could call Santa and tell him what they wanted for Christmas. However... The number printed was for NORAD, which is the North American Aerospace Defence Command hotline. Thus, the Santa tracker began. So NORAD still provides flight updates on the internet. They even got their own app. I know this because I have it. Mm -hmm. TV news and special apps for all over Christmas. So you can literally track exactly where Santa Claus is at that given moment. It's a lot of fun. I can remember, we've, we've done it for a few times, haven't we? Especially when all of us friends used to go to the, our local pub and... We did this for years and we would always track where Father Christmas was. And we would literally sit around, have a few drinks, talk about stuff, a bit of mulled wine. And every so often someone would pull out the NORAD Santa tracker to find out exactly where he is. And our final one is from Mariana. And Mariana says, hi, James. Hi, Oliver. I'm Mariana. Hello. So everyone knows Santa's reindeers as Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donna, Blitzen, and of course, Rudolph. But did you know that they almost had different names? Rudolph was almost Rolo. Some of the other names that were considered for this reindeer are Flossy, Glossy, Racer, Pacer, Scratcher, Feckless. <laughs> that can't be a name. Ready, Steady, and Fireball. That's a bit of um, a bit of a random fact, isn't it? Who decided they had different names? I guess Father Christmas and his elves. Which actually, me saying that, thank you very much for that, Mariana, but that actually brings me on to my very own did-you-know facts. So, we've called St Nicholas, 
St. Nicholas, or we've called him Father Christmas, or we've called him Santa Claus. So obviously Santa Claus is what is known pretty much universal, but especially in the USA. Father Christmas here in the UK. In the Netherlands, he's known as Sinterklaas. In Germany, he's known as Chris Kind. In Latin America, he's known as Papa Noel. And I believe that's the same in France as well. And in Finland, he's known as Jaulapuki, which actually translates to the Christmas goat. They are random fact. Another random fact, Christmas trees, they're so popular nowadays. And that's mainly because Prince Albert, he was from Germany, but he's married to Queen Victoria here in the UK. And he brought their Christmas tradition of a Christmas tree to the UK. And thus, everybody then in the UK started having Christmas trees. And that is why it's so universally popular around the world now. I was going to say, yes, another thing from Victorian era. It keeps going, doesn't it? It keeps going. And also, while we're on, just before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you as well to Lucy Courtois, who sent me a little book called Miracle Endless Possibilities. Now, Lucy is visually impaired, but she wrote this book about how she sometimes feels a bit isolated and not part of what's going on. But listening to the podcast has really helped her feel included. So, Lucy, thank you very much for that. I really do hope the book, Minus Endless Possibilities, which is out now, um, I hope it goes very well. So thank you very much for that. And thank you, everybody, for, for joining us on this Christmas holiday journey, shall I say that? Another random fact. Can I give you one more random fact? Okay. Did you know December 25th is not anywhere specifically given to Christmas Day in the Bible? There is no reason why it would be there. In fact... Historians actually believe that Christmas should actually take place in the spring. Because obviously, while the shepherds watch their flock by night, why would the sheep be out in the middle of winter? But they reckon that everyone came into this because it was when the festival of Saturn used to happen in pagan holidays. And that was always the tradition for gift giving and things like that. So that is the part of history of why Christmas is in this part of the world where it is. Guys, on that note, we're just going to say to you, have an absolutely amazing Christmas, a brilliant holidays, or whatever it is you guys are celebrating right now. Keep your messages coming into the normal address, which is normalnotnormalpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll interact and give those in to some of the later listener episodes later on in the season. But until then, we will be back next week. Have an absolutely incredible, incredible Christmas. Hang on. I've been James Phelps. I've been Oliver Phelps. Go on, just do it. You've got it. Go on, bang away. I've got it here. Hey, ho, ho, ho. Have an amazing Christmas, guys. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Normal Not Normal is a stable production.